What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. 100%. We're still helping people. We may not talk about God all the time. I do bring up booty sometimes in my, on my show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I do lead with, she got to have the Bible first. Yeah. Then the booty. You know what I'm saying? And got to have some brains. I got, I got all three, man. Yeah. You, oh! <laughs> ah! <laughs> What's happening? No Man, so recently I was on YouTube and uh, Instagram and I was getting all these DMs from people saying, yo, this guy's giving out your book. Yo, this guy's at Harvard giving out your book. Yo, this guy's brilliant. I'm like, well, who is this guy? Like, who, who in the world is this guy? So I went to uh, go look at the video and um, I was impressed with the young man, but I was also impressed with what he was actually doing and why he was actually doing it. Uh, there's this video that went viral with this young guy um, going out to Harvard graduates and Harvard students and asking them how much debt that they have. Um, if you could do it all over again, would you take out the money and ask them some very great questions? And I mean, one of the clips that somebody reposted of his got over a million views. And then I go look him up on YouTube. He has over 100,000 subscribers and he's really, really passionate about the message that I'm passionate about, helping people just be financially free and wise. But his passion is really for like that younger, younger, younger generation. And I was like, yo, bro, I need to get you on the show. So I sent him a DM and he responded and he is in the building uh, today. And, and I definitely uh, want y'all to stay and keep a lot because this is going to be a great conversation from two people who are passionate about money. One is much younger and one is a little bit older because I ain't old. You know, um, we're just going to have a real conversation about, you know, student loan debt. A man is getting married at 23. I'm going to talk about this. Like, bro, you young. You know what I'm saying? You got some time in front of you, bro. I'm 38. I still ain't married. Why are you getting married at 23? Uh, but why are you even passionate about this money message and how he went from zero subscribers to 100,000 subscribers and doing this full time? Huh? I told y'all, the future's looking different. But before we get to that, I definitely want to thank um, our sponsor of today's show, BetterHelp. Um, you know, I remember uh, when I was going through my um, separation from my ex-fiance, I really wish that Emmanuel came um, 
um, Emmanuel came with um, the whole process of walking through a separation and how to heal and how to process things. And um, it didn't happen. Uh, but the next best thing to me, honestly, was actually therapy, actually sitting down with a therapist and a therapist asking, OK, let's not talk about her. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What 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 do you really want to get off of your chest? And you know what? Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it does come with the opportunity to get to see a therapist. And I want to encourage you, no matter what life is is bringing your way, we're, we're in Q3 of this year. We're going into a new year. Do not go into 2023 uh, with the same issues mentally, with the same issues with your thoughts, uh, with life issues that if you honestly sit down and talk with someone, a licensed therapist, you can go into 2023 better. You can go into 2023 healed. Um, you can go into 2023 wiser. So I want to encourage you uh, to go check out my friends over at BetterHelp. You can go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash BetterHelp. Again, that is anthonyoneal.com forward slash BetterHelp. Let them take care of you. Hey, they're going to give you 10% off this month, and I really want to encourage you to do that. I see my therapist two times a month. I was just telling my team member yesterday, I was like, man, he said, I wish I could see him two times a month. I said, bro, you can get a refund once a month working with me. You know what I'm saying? Don't make no excuses. Go see a therapist. Because that's what life is all about, is being healed so we can progress forward. But y'all, I'm really excited about today's show. Make sure that you all are hitting that thumbs up. Make sure you're leaving a comment. Make sure you're leaving a five-star review on podcast because today's show is going to be absolutely amazing. So I wrote down my notes about my brother, uh, JC. JC Rodriguez is in the building. Man, he is 23 years old. What's going on, bro? So good, man. Man, dude, t- talk to me, bro. I want to I wanna start from the very beginning. Why are you so passionate about this money message yeah so honestly my, my family grew up like i'm first generation my okay. parents are from the philippines oh and so yeah you see rodriguez yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not common though like most filipinos have those hispanic last names exactly exactly and you know they didn't come here with any money and i really appreciate what they've done to to like help my family be financially stable and have that peace growing up. Huge fans of the man Dave Ramsey oh, yeah. growing up, oh. always playing it on the radio. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what he was talking about, <laughs> but it was on. And also, I don't know, just watching shows like Clark Howard, Suze Orman wow. growing up too. Yeah. And I don't know, just but growing up in an Asian American household, it's all about like stability, security, yeah. good benefits. Yeah. So the medical field, that's that's the route that I was on for most of my What did your parents life. do? I'm curious. They're physical therapists. They're physical therapists. Mm-hmm. And so were you going down the same path as well? I was going to try to go the whole doctor route. The doctor route. So if anyone asked me what I wanted to do growing uh-huh. up, I was always like orthopedic surgeon or something along the lines of a physician. Wow. Literally up until my second year of college. Wow. So you said was, I listened to words. You said I was interested in that. I was going down that route. Mm-hmm. What is the route that you're going down now at 23 years old? Yeah, at, at 23, I, I made a switch. Actually, not at 23. Okay. Let's back up a few years, probably four years ago, I made the switch to going more of that business route. Okay, okay. And diving into the finance world, which is completely foreign mm-hmm. to my family and how yeah. I grew up. Uh, most of that came from me after high school leaving for a couple of years to serve a mission for my church. 
And that really gave me a lot of time to think about, you know, what I actually wanted to do if I was just going the doctor route just because it sounded good to my family and friends, or if it's a different calling that I had mm. than the rest of my family. Mm. So what what are you pursuing now? Are you pursuing um, like a financial advisor role? Are you pursuing the content creation role? Mm -hmm. what, what are you pursuing now? Um, and then why the shift though? Because if your parents are in the medical field, you went to school for the first few years in the medical field, and then now you're leaving that to pursue whatever field you're about to pursue. I'm curious, what what's your career path, and mm -hmm. why did you make that change? Yeah, so I was going the financial advisor route. Okay, okay. You know, but I fell into full-time content creation not on purpose. It was on accident, really. Wow. <laughs> it was... Uh, I was, I was getting onboarded, I was like getting my licenses done to be an advisor, and then I had a meeting with the managing partners of the firm I would work at, and they gave me a choice. They were like, all right, you could stop what you're doing online and work for us, or, or you could do like a modified version where you have to pay someone to like over, overlook your content to make sure it's compliant, pay them a few thousand a month, and then you can work with us while doing your content creation. Wait, wait, wait. Well, what did it mean by compliance? So they had to make sure that they agreed with everything that you were saying? Yeah, it's just something with being an advisor, it's so regulated, that industry. And of course, they don't want anything I'm saying to come off as any type of advice, because it could go back, and look, on, yep, back on them because you're a financial advisor for their firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> so I was like, how to how to make a pivot? <laughs> so and so you turned them down. Here. Yeah, I did. I did. What what was their response? I'm curious when you turned them down. To be honest, it's still so fresh. I still need to kind of talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> when I meant turn them down, I mean ghosted. <laughs> oh, you didn't turn them down. You just you just went ghost on them. Well, I told them I'm like, all right. After that meeting, it's it's not looking too hot with like, oh, we don't seem we're not very aligned with uh, our goals here. And so. That's a young person move right there, y'all. <laughs> that's what 23-year-olds be doing. Like, when they don't want to do something, they don't they don't tell you no. They just be like, mm, bye. Well, that's funny. I ain't even mad at you, man. I'm not even mad at you. I got some loose ends to tie up. Hey, man, let's tie them up. Um, but you can definitely tell that you're passionate in this field. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I like that. Uh, because when I first saw your video, I was like, wow. This, this, this is inspiring. Thank you so much for promoting... Um, the book, Debt-Free Degree, um, yeah. uh, had the opportunity to write that while I was on Dave Ramsey's team. And um, that book was definitely, definitely passionate. I was definitely passionate about that message. Still am. Helping people get out of debt and keep their kids out of debt. I'm curious, what made you want to go to Harvard? Mm -hmm. um, and as a matter of fact, before we talk about that, uh, CJ, I want to show that video. So um, let's show that video right now so they can see what we're talking about. What was something that surprised you about Harvard? I expected a very competitive atmosphere. I thought everyone's going to be like overachieving uh, person and you know be competitive, but surprisingly it's very open. They're not very judgmental, very collaborative versus competitive. This is turning into a Harvard ad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a book. There you go. So what made you do that video, man? Like what made you go out to Harvard mm -hmm. and and do that and ask those questions? Yeah, so I did the video at my 
actual college at UCF okay. in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to get the perspective of students who have that reputation of like, all right, they're, you know, they say like smarter out there, yeah, maybe yeah. think things through a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, of course, in a title, Harvard, that Harvard's definitely clickable. <laughs> <laughs> so law students. So you did it at your school. Yes. Business school. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, was it hard to get the truth from from certain people? Um, to be honest, not not really. I think when you when you approach the people and you come off genuine and that the reason we're talking about this is for uh, to help the next generation. Yeah. then people are a whole lot more open to, to helping in my cause. Yeah. And sharing their mistakes. Yeah. Or their successes as well. Yeah. And so when it came to Harvard, most of the students actually didn't have any debt. Most of them were on either financial aid, their parents were ballers, or, you know, just exploring different routes. Yeah. When it came to grad students, a whole different story. Whole different story for mm -hmm. grad students. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that in a video. And, and, and I think a lot of people get it confused. Like, a lot of people think that going to these expensive schools comes with a lot of debt. And technically, undergrad does not come with a lot of debt yeah. um, because of um, they actually are offering some good some good benefits, some good um, scholarships, um, and some of the parents are paying cash for it. Yeah. it. But it is definitely that grad chapter that is racking up a bunch of debt. Mm -hmm. And I like I said, a lot of people think I have a problem with college when I, I don't have a problem with college. What I have a problem with is taking out debt to go to a school that you want to go to because it's popular. When you can get that same education in your own local city, in your own local state, for, for half the price of going out of state. Mm -hmm. That's my problem. Like, I love Harvard. I love Yale. I love Princeton. But I also love UCF. I also love, you know, Tennessee State University. I also love any school that's going to get me the education that I need at the cheapest price possible. Yeah. One thing common I saw was that these grad students, they really overestimate what they're going to do, like paying off the debt, their income afterwards. And they, they don't quite, you know, they don't understand, like, right, your whole income's not going to, like, paying off the debt <laughs> automatically. So that type of math isn't going to work out. Man, listen, I, I remember I was um, interviewing one student um, a year, a couple of years ago. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be a doctor. I said, oh, that's what's up. How much debt did you have right now? About 280000 I was like, ooh, that's a lot. She said, yeah, but I'm going to make about 150. So with 150, I could pay that off in two years. I was like, is my math off? I don't, how are you going to pay it off in two years? She said, well, if I'm making 150000 that means I'm going to make 300000 in two years. I got two eighty. There's the math. I said, so you going to live off of 20000 She was like, no, I mean... I live with my mom and dad. I was like, so $20,000 is all you're gonna spend over two years. I said, but what about your taxes? You gotta pay taxes on that money. She was like, oh. I said, yeah, you're gonna need to pay your insurance, you know, car insurance. You're gonna have to eat. 
I mean, you ain't gonna eat every single day at your mom and dad's house. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. And our money just started trickling down, trickling down, trickling down, and she realized that she's not gonna be able to pay that off in two years. And realistically, study shows that it, it can take people um, anywhere from 12 to 20 years, depending on who you are, the amount of income you have. Um, the people in the minority section is gonna take mm-hmm. about 20 to 22 years to pay off their student loans. Um, and I'm just like, hmm. So when you said that, it made me think like, wow, people are overestimating, okay, I'm gonna get a good job and I'll be able to pay it off quickly. Yeah. You're not, you're not. Did you take out any loans when you went to school? I did not. You did? Oh, you know, one thing that really helped me decide how to fund my education was your your podcast, Borrowed Future. Oh, that man. That helped me really, like, see different options, ask myself the real questions. And that's honestly the purpose of my content. Mm-hmm. Like, by no means am I an expert or a finance guru, as they say. Yeah. My content is there to help people think and to see the different options they have. Yeah. Um, because I'm not going to teach them anything. There's so much content online that's gonna that can actually teach. Right. But for me, I'm just kind of the the messenger, the the conduit that helps people get information from wow. the actual experts. So I'm curious. Your first two years, did you go to a four year university or did you go to a community college? Community college. Okay. During high school, actually. You went to community college during high school. Yeah, dual enrollment. Dual enrollment. And how was that process for you? I'm curious because I didn't do that. My sister did that, but I'm curious. Yeah. I feel like more people need to know about it. Okay. My, my brother told me about it. And the end of my sophomore year, I just met with my guidance counselor, asked them, like, Yo, can I do this? Is yeah. that a thing? And they just gave me a test to do. I passed it. And then next thing I was getting, my first two years of college paid for. Paid for? Yeah. So you did you ever actually go to a community college campus after you graduated high school? I, I was, nah, actually not afterwards. I went there during my like junior and senior year of college. Yeah. So I would like, I ran out of classes in high school. To yeah. take. So, you know, I would take a, a couple of periods and then I drive to the community college, knock out my college classes. And by the time I graduated, I also had my associate's degree. So that. You see, you see y'all, and this is, this is, you could definitely tell that this young man read, read my book, listened to the Borrowed Future podcast. And also, um, did you watch the Borrowed Future um, documentary? I haven't. Yeah, you got to watch yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, I want to commend Dave Ramsey and Ramsey Solutions and that, and that amazing team over there, because I think it's one of the best documentaries out there in the world. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm, I'm on it, uh, well, I'm in it, but I definitely do believe that what that amazing team put together really brings to light the truth about the education field. Um, and what I'm going to do is link the Borrowed Future documentary um, YouTube link in today's show notes uh, because just recently Dave made it um, 100% free on YouTube. And so you don't have to actually rent it no more on like Amazon or Apple TV or something like that. You can actually go see it for free. So I'm going to link that there because they have this amazing new lady there on their personality team that is that is killing the game in the student loan industry space and teaching people, teaching our young people. I mean, teaching all people, actually, how to go to undergrad, community college, and even, watch this, uh, grad school without borrowing any money. Her, I think her name is Kristen Ellis. I mean, she raised about a half a million dollars in uh, scholarships. And so recently they've released, you know, how to really start that process for free inside the Ramsey Plus. But I would encourage y'all to watch the Bar Future podcast, like he was saying, um, and definitely watch the Bar Future documentary. So we're gonna link that in today's show notes. 
uh, because it just brings to light so much, so much, so much stuff. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I do talk about in my book, Debt Free Degree, and we will link that book as well in today's show notes, is really educating our kids, um, starting in middle school, that, hey, your future is depending upon the choices you make today. So focus and get the education, get the good grades today, because when you become a junior, you can do dual enrollment mm -hmm. and that saves you a lot of money and a lot of time as a young person. And so if your path requires some form of education, then why not take advantage of that opportunity when you're in high school? You know, so if you're doing two classes in the morning at your high school to finish out your um, your high school career, but then you can take the afternoon. What I was doing or not, I was doing because I wasn't that smart in high school. <laughs> but what some of my peers were doing who were stupid smart, they would just get off and go work. They'll go, get mm -hmm. off and go get a job and then work from like one to four or five o'clock in the afternoon. But they weren't doing what you were doing, which was smarter, I think, in my opinion, was, all right, cool. I was already going to be at school from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. But why not get off at 11, get something to eat, go to school at college, knock out some of my uh, degree stuff, save me time and money. So that way when I graduate high school, I'm already a junior going into college if yeah. I wanted to go to college. But it sounds like for you, you didn't actually go to college. So I'm curious, what did you do after graduating high school? What did you end up doing? Yeah, so I got two years ahead. Okay. And then I decided to put a pause on my education career and serve two years full-time as a missionary for my church. Mm. And so how that process works is that I apply, I show my interest, I, I share it with the leaders at my church and what they do is they assign me an area to serve for the next two years, and it could literally be anywhere in the world. And so opening up that letter, finding out my assignment, here I was thinking I'm going to like Japan or like Europe or Chile. I end up getting Las Vegas, Nevada as my assignment. Las Vegas, Nevada? Yeah. In the States? In the States. I'm curious, what kind of mission are you doing in Las Vegas? Yeah, so you know the guys in the white shirts and ties, biking around, knocking yeah. on doors? Yeah. That was me. That was you <laughs> that for was two me. years? For two years. Yep. Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> you, you have an associate's degree, mm -hmm. and you in a white shirt and tie, knocking on people's doors? Yeah, and talking to people on the streets. On the streets about, what are you talking to them about? I'm curious. So we're... Our purpose as missionaries is to teach people okay. to have faith in God, yeah. faith in Jesus Christ, people who are interested. And so a lot of that door knocking, talking on the streets, that's mainly just finding people who would be interested or who have questions regarding those like questions of the soul yeah. that we talk about. And that's honestly, that, that was a, a choice that I made voluntarily, mm -hmm. but has also transferred very well into like my life afterwards too i can i can tell because i'm curious I, I didn't know this but I'm, I'm curious now serving for those two years how has that impacted your life today because mm -hmm. i mean i think how old were you then 18 19 it, it was 18 to 20 18 to 20 years old you're in las vegas a city that never sleeps yeah <laughs> so i'm like i'm curious throughout those two years how did you eat i mean how did you provide for yourself because that wasn't for pay right no 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 so how did how, how do y'all survive doing something like that 
Yeah, so you save up beforehand. Thankfully, my parents were so helpful and helped me in funding that journey those two years. It was like $10,000. A year? On that, for the two. So Wait, wait how do you live off of 10000 The way it works is that you turn it into the church, and the church will allocate it where it needs to be. So, but we, we lived on a budget, man. Like, we're talking rice and beans. We're talking um, asking our friends and, like, the church members to have dinner with them, too. What? And, you know, we, we, we basically were out there for one purpose, and that was just to serve, serve God and kind of forget ourselves for those two years. And I, I'm lost for words because you have a lot of people saying they can't live off of forty thousand. Mm-hmm. And then yet you're eighteen and you're living off of ten thousand for two years. And you're out here on a mission assignment, spreading the love of Jesus Christ, the message of the Bible. Mm-hmm. How did you feel those two years, man? I'm curious. Like, how, how did you, did you ever feel like, why am I doing this? Or Definitely. were you, or you did? Well, it was like, more like, how am I doing this? Mm. I, at the end of the two years, I was just in awe that I was able to focus on one thing and follow through with it for two years, every single day. And we, we, st- we stuck to a routine. And What was that routine? I'm curious. It was like waking up, up at 6.30. Okay. We would study. The, the Bible and the scripture, and we'd prepare for our lessons for the day. Okay. We learned about daily planning, you know, planning out each hour of our day, making sure that we're as productive as possible. And we also learned how to work as a team because, you know, I don't serve alone. I always have a companion with me. And within that, too, we also worked in, like, teams of, uh, like, around eight to ten missionaries that would kind of cover one area. And you were also given chances to, to be a leader of those teams as well. And I don't know, like, it was, uh, it was two of the best years for my life. Was it? Yeah. I wouldn't say of my life. Because but others for? For my life. For I sure. love how you just said that. Best two years for your life, not of it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say it's nothing fun about spreading the love of Jesus Christ because what I do on my show here, while I, you know, I, I have jokes, I, we say different things, but at the end of the day, I am rooted and I have a foundation of of Christianity on my show. And I pray that people find humor. I'm real, I'm relatable, um, I'm relevant to this generation's day and time, but they can still see Christ in it some kind of way through my imperfection. Um, and they can see the me, they can see me evolving, right? Um, this is fun, but you took it to a whole nother level, mm-hmm. you know, and respectfully, is that, is that, that's Christianity, right? Yes. Cool. I just want to sure. make sure because I was like, I don't want to say the next thing, but wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I used to get tired of those Jehovah Witnesses who would come to my door every single day mm-hmm. and try to argue with me about my, my belief. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I respected them because they were out there every single day, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, fighting for what they believed in spiritually. And then here I go, I'm across the table of a guy who was spreading my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ every single day for two years. 
And so did y'all stay like in a in like in a church member's house? Did y'all get a hotel room? Like how was that? Yeah, so they had a they had a housing coordinator and we would be in apartments that were designated for missionaries. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so that's where our funds were being allocated to is paying things like that. Okay. And since it was like a collective fund, you know, we were able to do things a lot cheaper because some areas of the world are a lot cheaper to live in as compared to others. And so So doing this from two years, I'm curious, give me like, what are the top two things that after leaving those two years that you can walk away and say, you know, these two things, these three things impacted the trajectory of your life moving forward? Mm -hmm. Um, Probably the biggest thing I was taught was the importance of spiritual (sighs) self-reliance because you can't, you can't feed people the gospel from an empty well. Mm. And you need to be established yourself. Like you said, have a foundation, you know, before you can try to testify. Mm. You, like, you can't testify about something that you're like half and half yeah. about. And the thing is with a testimony is that that's something that needs to be constantly fed. It's not, it doesn't just happen. It's like something that's a daily pursuit, you know? Because yeah. I have so many friends that, you know, have been involved in their faith and just through the world, you know, things became a lot more important and it's because that they weren't being diligent and just the little things, you know, just the praying, mm. the studying the word mm. every, every day, just for a little bit. And it mm-hmm. could be just one verse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and the next biggest thing I've learned from that mission is, uh, goal setting and planning, goal setting and planning. Yeah. Like, although it's the Lord's work and a lot of it's by the spirit, you know, we're not out there chasing numbers, you know, like how many people can I talk to? How many people can I baptize or like, or teach? It's still important to set a goal so that you always have something you're working towards every day. And so one practice we did was uh, weekly planning every week. And I, we would sit down as companions. We'd set goals for how many, how long we want to be out there knocking these doors, how many people we want to talk to each day. Wow. And how many people we want to invite to church, like mm-hmm. to come with us to church. Mm-hmm and we would stay accountable to it. And the important thing was like, the importance of setting those smart goals. Wow. That, that was like a, a principle that I feel like was really ingrained. And now that I'm taking it from there to my, my life, you know, outside the mission. Yeah, man, this is awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here like, wow, this, this, is, just, this is just really, really, really awesome. Um, so you, you did that for two years. You're 20 when you leave. Mm-hmm. Now you're 20 years old. You're back in the real world. How did you transition from making no income to start to possibly now starting an income? And bro, you're, you're only 23 and you're talking about you about to get married. So I'm like, wait, how did you have time to get a job, get some income and find you a woman all within that short amount of time? Because, I mean, I mean I'm like, bro, like, the sisters want a man who making some money and pretty established as well. Uh-huh. So it's like, talk to me. How did you do that within a matter of three years when I'm 38 and I'm still out here struggling? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I feel like um, the mission, you know, although we're spreading the word, like you said, yep. your personality's always going to be there. Absolutely. And the most fun thing about it was breaking people's expectations when I'm at their door. You know, I'm not just going to go there and like, 
being all preachy and just trying to talk about the Lord when like I don't even know the person yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, I don't even I don't look like a typical missionary. You don't, bro. I'm telling you, man. Usually they're, they're uh, six foot tall. Yep. White. Yep. Slim. <laughs> Slim. Suit on. Wow. And so that practice of just talking to strangers, breaking expectations, transferred so well into the business world once mm-hmm. I switched my major. Yeah. And I, I, I started falling in love with sales because, you know, believe it or not, you know, t- pitching someone at the door about faith, you're basically, it's, it's a lot of sales. It is. You know, skills involved in that. And so that transfers so well over. And when I got back from the mission, I, I started school again. Okay. I don't know. I would just pick up jobs. I would. I was bored because I was so engaged in something for two years yep. that I had to fill that time. And so I would like. I worked at Chick Fil A, worked at J C Penney. Wow. As J C. <laughs> and uh, and I, I I got a job at Papa John's during quarantine. Did you? Yeah, delivering. Delivering pizza. Yeah. I'm pretty sure y'all were busy during quarantine for two years. Oh, yeah. It's so funny because they, like, they treated you like you were, like, the military. They were like, thank you for your service <laughs> for, like, <laughs> for being out here. Were, were they tipping you? They were. They were. <sighs> but the best thing from that experience was uh, being on the road and just driving around. I could listen to, like, podcasts, yeah. books. Yeah. It was, like, my mobile university. Yeah. For, like— Because there was nobody on the road. Yeah. Just y'all delivering things to us people who didn't want to go out there. Mm-hmm. So during quarantine, how did you meet your fiance? So I met her a few weeks after I got back from my mission. Did through you? through church? Oh, so y'all went to the same church? Yeah, yeah. I <sighs> it's the church. <laughs> it's the place. I told my pastor though. I was like, man, I don't. I just can't date someone in my church. No. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's just like, I don't know why, you know, like, I love my church, and I just think that everyone looks in the church, and I want a woman of God who loves God, but I'm just fearful. Like, if it doesn't go well, mm-hmm. if if we break up, then now it's my ex is in my church where I'm going to get fed and stuff, and I just don't want to, I don't want to be uncomfortable, and I don't want her to be uncomfortable. Yeah. But everybody has met their woman or man in church. And I'm like, am I missing out? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments. Do y'all think I'm missing out by not getting my, by not dating someone inside my local church? Alex, you think I'm missing out? Yep. Did you meet your wife in the church? No, we met in college. Okay, thank you. CJ, you think I'm missing out? <laughs> nah, man, I think you can find them either way. Anywhere, man. God, you know, God will have them. Thank you. Mm. Because, you know, the church is not just the four walls. <laughs> church is oh, the body. Preach. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. So I don't need to be inside the physical church to find my wife, as long as I'm in the church, man, as long as I am the church. Oh. <laughs> man, I feel God. I feel God. I feel him. I feel him. That's I feel him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you met yours in the physical church that you were going to. Yeah. It worked out that way. Mm. What was interesting, though, is that when I met her, turns out we, we met in Florida, where I, I grew up okay. and where I moved back to. Turns out she was living in Las Vegas the same time I was out there. What? Yeah, she like stayed with her sister for a few years, but our times overlapped. So I'm guessing she probably saw me one of these days on the bike. On the bike? Dang, that's my future husband. For real? <laughs> <laughs> Did you 
bicycle. Guess I need to get me a bicycle in there, huh? Put yourself Ride out the there. bike around Las Vegas. God, let my wife see me on this bike serving you, Lord. <laughs> Two years later. Hey, baby. What's up, girl? Saw you in Las Vegas. I know. <laughs> That is awesome, man. So, I mean, honestly, do you think that she probably did see you, or do you think that's a God thing? It probably was a God thing. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, that was an immediate connection right there. Yep. And it was just crazy. To, I was I was missing Vegas. She mm-hmm. was missing Vegas, and we had something to talk about talk right about. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is she older than you or younger or same age? She's older. She's about a year and a half older. Oh, that's not bad. I got him an older woman. Shababa. Yes. Mm, get that wisdom. Um, so... She's El Salvadorian, too. She's Salvadorian. Mm-hmm. My brother right, dog. He, boy, I'm trying to tell you, boy. Ooh. <laughs> Get you, ooh, I'm, I'm going to be quiet. Um, I'm going to be quiet, but I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. you. And when you two met, you two connected, how long y'all been dating? Oh, actually, it's been like two, three years now, right? We've been together for just over two years. Over two years. Yeah. And married... We are getting married here soon. You said in March of 2023? March of 2023, yeah. That is awesome, bro. Thank you. And where are y'all going to live? Are y'all going to go back to Las Vegas? <laughs> no, I think right now <laughs> we're going to we're gonna stick in Orlando, Florida okay. while she finishes up school. She's in school? Yeah. She's What's still, she in school for? She's going to go the uh, physician assistant route. For real? You got you a baller wife. Right? So while I'm, like, making YouTube videos, she's out actually having benefits for us. <laughs> 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 Yo, this younger generation is like, all right, I'll be the entrepreneur. You go get this so we can get the benefits. And then when I get my money right, right, then you can come on over here and we do this thing together. I, I ain't mad at that. But if she's going to school, then she's going to build a full-time career in that. 100%. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really see her leaving just like that yet. Mm-hmm. No, I. that's what she wants. That's what I want for her is to, like for her that. to pursue her path. Mm-hmm. And she is honestly so supportive. She's the kind of the kick in the pants I needed to start making content online. Are you serious? When I came to her like with this idea, like, right. I'm gonna start making YouTube videos. Wow. She was 100% right on board. 100% right mm-hmm. on board. Man, listen, man, listen. Uh, man, we have JC Rodriguez, man, in the building today, uh, who is this young guy that went viral, actually several times, not just one time. He's going viral off of men on the street videos and really just talking to college students at his college and uh, some Harvard grads, just really asking them questions like, hey, how much debt did you have? If you could start all over again, what would you do? Uh, definitely want to be linking his information in today's show notes. Go check out his YouTube channel. I'm 100,000, 200,000 subscribers really doing well, really spreading the love of one Jesus Christ in a different way uh, by helping people uh, become debt-free and just giving them the information that they need to uh, make the right financial decisions in their young lives. So I'm super excited to have him on the show, but I also want to take this time to thank uh, another one of today's uh, sponsors, my good friends over there at Aura. Um, You can go to anthonyoneal.com. No, go to aura.com forward slash Anthony. Again, that is Aura. Um, dot com forward slash Anthony. You know, we are going into the holiday season, you guys. And 
and you all are going to be um, doing a lot of shopping. Um, and also, we're going to have a lot of online theft. We're going to have a lot of uh, criminals out there who are trying to get your credit cards, debit cards, social security numbers, your, your driver's license, your passports. Watch this. Even your kids' information. And um, they have uh, come and partnered with me to protect you during this season. Uh, because I remember a few years ago, it was a long time ago, um, I put my debit card into the uh, machine at the gas tank. It didn't work. I, w I didn't think nothing of it. Well, it didn't work because there was a fake card reader inside of it. They had put something in there to where when I slide it in and slid it out, they were able to read the card. And when I woke up, I think about like two weeks later, I had over $600 charged to my account that I never knew about. You see, if I would have had Aura.com, they would have took care of me. One, they would have helped me with my identity. Um, they would have uh, alerted me ASAP and they would have stopped it as soon as possible. Uh, but I wasn't aware of that. So I want you to go check out my friends over at Aura.com uh, forward slash Anthony. Uh, check them out. They're offering you 14 days free. They're going to jump online today and see if any of your information or your children's information um, is on the black web. Um, and so there's a lot of different things. And they're going to have three things you can sign up for. You can sign up as a single person. You can sign up as a couple for identity theft. Then they have this amazing new package that's coming out um, that is uh, that is for protecting your children's identity and watch this online. Uh, you don't want your kids online talking to some stranger while they have the iPad or their iPhones. So I want you to check them out because I promise you right now you're going to enjoy it. So go to aura.com um, forward slash Anthony and you'll thank me later. Um, yo, so JC, I want to talk about this, man, because now that you're in this content creation space and mm -hmm. that's the same thing that's the same lane that i'm in right and i think that the future is changing a lot really for my generation but more so for your generation right yeah um, i think that your generation gen z you all are really taking advantage of social media and while some people are using social media just to be nosy just to show off you're using it to want to spread a message and then two, to provide an income for you and your family. Mm -hmm. um, last year, you you started off with like one sub on YouTube. And within a matter of one month, you went to 100,000? Yeah. How many subs do you have now on YouTube? Uh, 240K. 240K mm -hmm. on YouTube. How, how did you do this, man? Because, you know, one of the things we just launched here a couple of months ago is how to build a personal brand and monetize from your personal brand. And accidentally, you're doing it full time. Yeah. So I'm curious, one, how did you do that? Two, why do you feel as if your personal brand is important for you and your future? Yeah, so I've always loved creating and making videos. That channel has been around for 12 years. 12 years. And. It was so on and off, but it took about those first <laughs> 11 years to get a thousand subs. Mm. Um, once I I realized that, you know what? YouTube isn't just a place to be funny, to do pranks or to do skits. It can actually be a place where a regular Joe Schmo that might, might not be the craziest guy on the street yeah. could still add value and still be entertaining at the same time. And so yeah. I, I've, I've I saw all these man on the street videos going going crazy, all these uh, what song are you listening to videos yeah. popping off, and you know I didn't I didn't want to just copy what was going on and I wanted to 
do that, except do it in a way that brings more value to the viewer. And finance was always something that I've been passionate about. passionate about. And you know, I'm still so passionate about just personal development and improvement. And that's why I did the same thing. I just pivoted, pivoted it mm -hmm. towards that niche. That niche. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't want to, you don't have to say this, but like, what would you say you will make this year full-time as a content creator, a ballpark figure, with this being your first full year in it? Yeah, man, uh, you're catching me early oh, as I'm like getting, getting things started. Uh -huh. you know, there's nothing really to, to weigh it against. My best month doing this has been 10K. I mean, he's talking about his early stages. How long have you been doing this? Probably full -time? seriously full-time, like four months. And you're saying your best month is 10K within four months? Yeah. <laughs> what was your worst month? Two or 3K. I'm blessed. <laughs> it's a good life. JC, you do, do understand that the average person in America is going to be making about twenty-five dollars to $3,200 a month, right? And you're saying that your worst month is the average. <laughs> so that means if your worst month was 3K and your best month was 10K, so I can guess that on average you're going to make about 5K a month. Yeah. I Yeah, and... Only going up only. See? Here. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on, come on, JC. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just feeling the pressure, man. <laughs> I got this. I got this engagement. This wedding coming up. Hey, you know? bro, I understand. <laughs> but you know what, though, JC? Let's be real. You ain't got to spend a lot of money on that wedding. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Come on, now, JC. You the money guy, brother. You know? <laughs> come on now, you a money guy. If you got, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you got a good little savings right now, right? Cool, great. Um, and then if you're gonna make another ten grand next month, all right, cool. You bought you, you already got your fiance's ring, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's that's paid for cash, right? Mm -hmm. We ain't finance that, right? Of course. No credit card. Come on. Okay. Just making sure. Just making that on debt. Okay. I, I gotta ask him on the show. I'll keep it real, relevant, relatable. Um, I mean, I'm saying, I mean, how much are y'all budgeting to spend for the wedding? Ten. Okay. Right now it, it was ten k. Okay. We looking more like thirteen k. I ain't mad at you. Cause y'all, I mean, you, you ain't got no debt. You know what I'm saying? You, you you living and you're making good money. You know, you're making good money on and he just started and you're going only going up. And so 13K on a wedding. Okay. All right. I wouldn't spend 13K on a wedding. Yeah. I really wouldn't. And my future wife may be watching this right now. So <laughs> <laughs> See why you ain't got what, nobody. What about, uh, what, about on a, <laughs> what about an engagement ring? So, you know, I, my philosophy on engagement ring is about two to three months of your income. Save it up okay. to and spend two to three months of your income, you know? So did you spend more or less than that? I spent a uh, little, I, my income at the time, yeah, it you was two to three months. Two to three months, but mm -hmm. where you're at now, it'll be less. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's honestly how it feels. Like, you know, two to three months of your, you know, what you make, you know, mm -hmm. a month um, is is a good ballpark. I think a lot of people try to spend a lot of money on the very first ring. Um, and I just tell people, especially when you're in your 20s, man, you don't need to be spending that much money because then here's, here's the problem you're going to run into. Eventually, you're going to want to upgrade that ring for your wife. And if you balled out on the very first, you're going to have to really ball out on that <laughs> second one. So it's like, just be wise. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't give her, you know, a 25 cent ring out the, you know what I'm saying, a bubble machine. Yeah. Um, but 
stick within your budget. Because what did you just say? Well, when I first proposed, that was my income then. Now my income now, I could do something for it. Mm -hmm. And what I always tell people is, man, when it comes to like wedding rings, money-wise, go to a, a, a legit place, get the ring, because most companies will tell you, hey, after a year or two years, you could bring that ring back and we'll give you the value of that ring towards another ring. So why not just go to a legit split place, mm -hmm. drop two, three grand on the ring, especially in your 20s, and then boom, five years later, 10 years later, 10 year anniversary, you're making more money. You possibly can afford a $10,000 ring now. Now you go from a two, 3,000 ring that's worth about 4,500, and you're gonna take that 4,500, you put another $5,500 on the ring, now your wife is really happy because <laughs> she got that bling bling on the ring, you know what I'm blinding, saying? Man. Right, you see blinding <laughs> people, bro. Like, it's gonna be so good that your wife, you, Y'all gonna be making love and she still got that ring on. She wants you to see it while you're making love. Baby, it's mine. Thank you. <laughs> and she's really gonna feel comfortable because y'all not drowning in debt over it. And so for me, I'm always telling young people, man, I tell everyone this, like whoever comes to me, like, hey, listen, at the end of the day, do what's within your budget, two to three times of your income. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, and um, but you're gonna save up for that. You're gonna save up for that ring. You know, uh, two months is, is, is a sweet spot. Three months is like if you just really want to stretch and ball out and you got enough time. You know, one of my good friends, he knew he he met his um, wife now. Uh, when he met his wife, he knew within one month that was his wife. He started saving from that one month and he proposed to her like a year and eight months later. Decent income at that time. I think he was doing like maybe 60 grand a, month, uh, 60 grand a year. And he saved up about eight grand just to put towards the ring, but he had another 10 grand that he saved because he was delivering some other stuff on the side for the wedding. So when he proposed, he said, yo, here's your ring and you got a budget of 10 grand cash. I don't need your mama to pay for nothing, your daddy to pay for nothing. We're gonna pay for it all. And here's the thing, they only spent seven grand on the wedding. Wow. Because she was yeah. like, um, I wanna have a dope honeymoon. And so she paid for the honeymoon, and she's like, but the other three grand, can you put that on top of the honeymoon? Like, babe, it's yours, you know? Yeah. And then um, he's already now, he's making about 200000 a year now, and he's already now, you know, thinking, like, all right, cool, I got I to gotta step up the ring here in the next mm -hmm. few years. And I think that's just, I think that's just so smart, man. But 13K for you and your wife is not bad. Y'all getting married in Orlando? Yeah, we're getting married in Orlando. And the cool thing about my fiance is she's very much not uh about the she's very she likes that minimalist look you know like, like her ring okay even the the wedding itself we're doing like a backyard wedding at a, like a friend's house who just owns a lot of land dope the only issue is just you know you have to get your own vendors yes but you have a choice of what vendors you choose absolutely instead of like a venues yes set aside yeah. overpriced vendors yes the only things uh she wanted to splurge on and that we're going to splurge on a little more is the the photographer Okay. Because, you know, that's going to last forever. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I would definitely say don't go cheap on a photographer or a videographer. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that, that's creating memories and that's part of y'all's legacy. For sure. And then uh, a quality DJ, too. Good music. Do impact. Mm -hmm. Other than that, that's probably everything else. A lot of it's uh, DIY in, but just finding different vendors that are, hmm. you know, trying to fit our budget. Hmm. I never thought about a DJ. They kind of they kind of run the, the pace. Of the yeah, night, no, you know? I'm saying I, I honestly never thought about that. When I was thinking about that flight for my wedding, I'm like, dang, I never thought about that. 
because mm-hmm. good music is important. Yeah. And they're they're directing the people, yeah. you know, from the ceremony to the yeah. reception cocktail hour if you're doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. My sister who married Glenn from Belief and Fatherhood, um, they got married in um, the backyard, in their backyard. Not their backyard, in one of their friends' backyard. Beautiful mansion overlooking the city of Oceanside. Mm-hmm. Um, it was beautiful. And we literally sat right there. Um, and then we literally walked three feet to our chairs for the reception. Um, and beautiful DJ, beautiful environment. And I don't even think they spent 10 grand on their wedding. But you're right, because it was at a house, You now you had to bring in vendors, chairs, tables, yep. decorations. Dance floor, too. Dance floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to bring in your own stuff. So you're right. So there is a good venue, man. I, I, my prayer for me is to do what my boy Keon Henderson and Shawnee Henderson just did, a destination wedding. That's my prayer. I pray that I meet a woman in the church (laughs) that uh, will be cool with a destination wedding. You know, because here's the thing, I had to pay to go to the the wedding. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that is is a smart thing to do um, because I think if you get smart, right, how is it that you can save money, still have the right people there, and still have a great experience. Yeah. And I like destination weddings. How, how many guests? Yeah, their wedding was really small, man. It was about maybe 100 people. Okay. 100 people there. I mean, and I pray that too. For me, man, I, you know, JC, I think that it all boils down to like, I want the right people in the room. I don't want the people in the room who are going to be nosy, who just want to see what she's wearing, see what the experience is. I want the people to tell me and to be there to pray for me. Like my prayer is that Mm -hmm. everyone in that room knows how to pray. You know what I'm saying? Everyone in that room has a heart of God and that me and my wife can be in the middle, the pastor who's marrying us, our parents, our families can be there and then everyone surround them. They all just lay hands on us because I do believe that marriage, it is a journey and you need people to help you start that journey off on the right foot. And I don't need spectators in a room. I need people who are going to celebrate and pray and like, oh, God, be with them through the ups and be with them through the downs. And I've been at weddings to where people just only took pictures just to say they was at the wedding, but didn't care about the couple. And I'm like, I don't want that energy or that spirit in in that room, you know. And so I'm really, really praying that me and my wife are aligned with that vision. Mm -hmm. And I see like the picture of us in the middle everyone laying hands on us. I love that. You know, and, and it's, 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 I mean, I grew up in a very uh, Church and God of Christ slash Baptist type situation. Um, and this comes from like that um, 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 Church of God of Christ side. Like I just see tongues being, sp- I mean, just, just really going in, speaking and just prophesying and laying hands. Like that's the picture that I want up in my house. Because it's like when everything's when something goes wrong within my marriage, I want to go back to that picture. Like, well, we started it off the right way so we can finish it the right way and we'll get through this spiritually. So that's really my goal. That's awesome. I never thought about that of like not just spectators in a room. Don't want it, man. Mm -hmm. Because they bring that energy with them. They bring that spirit. And I'm very big on spirits and energy. You know, I'm really, it may sound a little bit spooky to some people. But I do believe in just the spirits, you know, and I, and I want the right spirit in, in the room. No, that's 
Definitely true. You know, I do. I gotta make some cuts. <laughs> <laughs> My man said, wait, I gotta make some cuts. I need, I need to talk to the wife. Hey, I, I was just at the table with Ayo. Uh, he, I may have just saved us some money, but for a good reason, baby, for a good No, I'm <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm serious, man. I, yeah. I think that, you know, you, you gotta be wise on your invitation list. Mm -hmm. And not all of the people who call me friends will be invited to my wedding. Um, watch this. And not everyone who calls me family is gonna be invited. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just because we share blood doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily mean we're family. Because as a man, I gotta be wise and make sure that I am protecting the energy in that room for me and my wife. And if she has kids, for those kids as well. You know, so um, that's just very, very big on me. But again, I'm talking about something that I desire. I ain't even met my woman yet, so <laughs> I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know. But man, um, so as we close, man, what what is your goal? Like, you are this full-time entrepreneur. You have a new company called People Then Money. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's interesting. People Then Money. What's your goal with this company, bro? Yeah, so... One saying that I really love is that like no success can compensate for failure in the home. Mm. And I, I, I follow a lot of like successful business people. And sometimes I just sit back because like they're all about like hard work, grinding, making money. And I just kind of wonder like, what's their life at home like? Wow. Like what is, does their family like their mindset? Because some, some of these people look crazy and like, you know, I'm like, when you, if you're working that way, are you putting time towards you know the, the things that matter most? And mm -hmm. for me personally, what I felt, although I'm super early on this journey, if I'm not good with my fiance or, or like girlfriend at the time, like if I'm not feeling good about like what, like we maybe had an argument or something, or the mood not, might not be right, it affects everything else too. Like Absolutely. you kind of feel fake yeah. in the other events of your life. Yeah. And so I just took that old saying, people first, then money, then things, mm -hmm. condensed it and Ultimately, my brand that I'm trying to build, I'm, I'm, I'm in its early phases, still mm -hmm. figuring it out. Yeah. But I want to focus more on, you know, the other, like the habits of our personal lives and our, our wellness first, and then focus on the financial. Ooh, that's so out, man, bro. I, I love that. I, I, um, I joke with my team a lot. They say that they, say that they work a lot. And I say... They don't work a lot, but we all do work a lot. And the reason why I work a lot right now is so that when I get married, I'm not working a lot so that I could be with my wife. So mm -hmm. I can be a soccer dad if my kids want to be soccer. You know, they have soccer moms. Well, you know, I want to be a soccer dad. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be able to go to my kids' soccer games. Um uh, my boy CJ, my producer, you know, he's very big with his kids. And he's like, hey, man, I'm at dinner with the fam. Can't pick up. Or I'm doing this. It's family night. You know, um, Alex, my creative director, has a newborn. And, you know, he's very much so in love with his kids. And mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I look forward to that day, too. But I want everyone on my team to where we work hard to get the job done and to impact lives that then produces income. Mm -hmm. But we're working just as hard, if not harder, to love our families and to build our families. Uh, because I do believe families is the foundation. And if we look at it spiritually, you know, even God says the first church, your first responsibility is your church, is your home, mm -hmm. then that. 
And I'm like, yo, so how is it that I can sit here and build this, but not have this good at home? Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, my prayer is that, that when I do have my wife, we've, my team and I, we've built an amazing company that allows all of us to be the best fathers and the best mothers, because I have ladies on my team, um, as possible for our families. Um, that's priority. And then we're building this. Because I don't want our kids and our spouses to grow up to be like, yo, you, you put so much into the church or into the Neatness Network or into that. You ain't put much into me. And yeah. I've, 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 I've seen other business owners say that when they blew up, saying, man, I wish I can go back. And if I had to go from making a $100 million business to a $20 million business, I'll do the $20 million business with my family, then $100 million, and, my, and I was never with my family. And I was like, yo, I never want to be that guy. I want to make millions. <laughs> yeah. But I never want to do that, the sacrifice of my family. There's a J. Cole quote. Uh-oh. Bad <laughs> bills in the building. J. Cole, what up, bro, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it's along the lines of, like, what's the point of first class if I don't have my, my people to sit with? And that's exactly how I feel like I'm, like you said, like, man, I'm young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting married, and I'm, but I'm building something right now at the Stop. same time. 10K? <laughs> you building something, bro. And then when your wife get right, too, bro, y'all going to be making, you know, 15, 20K a month. Future's bright. <laughs> <laughs> but, bro, honestly, that's something we we have to navigate together, too. Like, all right, I'm building something right now, so that's something I need to communicate to her. Mm. That, right, I might spend a little extra time. Cause, that's true. Because if we're trying to live an above-average life, we got to do above-average things. Absolutely. And How was that conversation with her sometimes? Does... As a man, mm -hmm. do you feel as if it's difficult to have that conversation with a woman? Or do you think there's just a certain way you have to communicate that with your fiance? There's a way you have to. And what I've learned is you can't do it in the moment that it's happening. Ooh. You, can't, you can't bring up that point like, oh, I got to work hard as you're leaving. You know, you got to do it at a time when you're both sitting down, you're both together. There's not something on the back of your head where you have this pressure and you can actually be clear with it. And it's just it's just like preparing it and have that communicated before the time comes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. I was dating someone and she said, I wish you would have told me this is your recording week. And I was like, dang, I could have, I should have told you that beforehand. Mm -hmm. But it was like halfway through the week and I haven't talked to her. And she was like, um, I haven't heard from you. I was like, Ooh, yeah, it's recording week. She was like, wish you would have told me that, like, maybe a week ago. Yeah, and then in your head, you're like, she just don't understand, dude. I did. But, <laughs> I like, but, I, I, but then I, therapy, again, she was like, yeah. She said, it's just it's just called clear communication up front. Mm -hmm. And um, something I'm working on, man. Something I'm really working on. You know, I haven't found that one, but when I find that one, and thank you for reminding me. JC, you know, you, thank you. Thank you, JC. You, you did some you did some some conviction today with me, man. I mean, you did something for two years that I don't think I could do for two months. <laughs> I'm just gonna be real. Oh yeah, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> you wouldn't do it again. <laughs> Yo, he keep it real. I was like, bro, I did it for two years. And I would never do it for two days. I wouldn't do it no more. But, I'll do you know, it. We're doing it in a, in a different way. Yes. You know? I mean, I'm what we do, right? I think it is mission. It is missionary work. Mm -hmm. uh, we're doing it in a different form. Uh, because we can touch more lives looking at this camera. Um, 
it is easier doing this way, let's be honest. So I always would, would love our on the grounds uh, people who are missionaries doing God's work. Um, one thing that we're doing next year, you should go with us, man. You ain't fiance, you should go with us. We're gonna go to Israel. And I'm taking 100, 100 people to Israel um, next year in 2023, the first two weeks of November. November, y'all, November 1st through the 10th, we're going to Israel. Uh, because I want to take my tribe, my community, mm-hmm. um, and talk about money and God in the same place. So I want to talk about what does the Bible say about money? And actually, you know what? We're reading the scripture, and it was right here. You know, we're, we're, we're walking the lands that Jesus mm-hmm. Christ walked. We're, this is where Jesus was. I, this, this What? Like, I'm getting pumped about it. Yeah. And I told my team, I was like, even just this last month, we did our first missionary uh, as far as like giving back spiritually. So we went back to my home local church and we're helping them do some things in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where me and J. Cole uh, grew up at. Right. And. And it's like I told my team, we're going to make money, but we're also going to make an impact spiritually as well. Um, and it's like as a man who is flawed and God is still working on me, I still know that God is still my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm going to serve. So that's what I'm saying, man. What we are doing is still missionary work. 100%. We're still helping people. We may not talk about God all the time. I do bring up booty sometimes in my, on my show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I do lead with she got to have the Bible first. Yeah. Then the booty. You know what I'm saying? And gotta have some brains. I got, I got all three, man. Yeah, you oh! ah! JC said I got all three. JC. <laughs> JC the man. JC, bro, I got all three, bro. <laughs> What's your fiance's first name? Don't say her last name. What's the first name? Ashlea. Ash- say it again. Ashlea. Ashlea. Yep. Ashlea. Salute, queen. <laughs> Salute. Salute. I am not upset with that, bro. That man got excited about that. He was like, he was like bro, I got all three. <laughs> Yo, where can people check you out, man, um, to learn more information about you and what all you're serving and doing, man? Yeah, so I'm trying to grow on YouTube right now. Okay. So just JC Rodriguez. Yeah. Check me out on TikTok for short form, but on the YouTube channel, I'm going to start making vlogs. There you go. And go kind of that lifestyle creator vibe. Because like I said, I don't know... <laughs> Like, I'm learning about finance, yeah, so yeah, yeah. why not learn with you guys, with the audience? No, that's good, man. A lot of people call me expert. Let me tell you who's expert. Dave Ramsey. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he's an expert. He's been in this game for 25, 30-something years. Um, I, I think I'm just like you. I'm a student, and while I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm implementing. After I grow and implement, I share. You know? So it's like, yes, I've been in it for now 10, 11 years, but it's like, I still wouldn't say I'm the expert because if I'm the expert, well, who is Dave Ramsey? You know what I'm saying? He's built uh-huh. a multi-million dollar business off of no debt, has helped millions of people uh, get out of debt and, and starting to build wealth. And I had the opportunity to work with him for eight years. I, I'm just I'm just a student, man. And, and I think I will always be a student and I will always be growing and I will always be sharing, you know? Mm-hmm. And even when you talk to Dave, man, he's he, he he's an expert because he's been in that business for so long. But even he is a student and he's still learning and he is still e- evolving. Um, and that's one thing that that I, I learned a lot from him and that amazing team. So, man, listen, don't be ashamed to say you're, you're learning. I think people want to actually rock with people who are learning, not people who are saying, you know what? I'm the boss. I got it all. I'm the pro. Because it's like, I think when you come in with that, that 
that spirit, there's no room for growth. Mm-hmm. And I always want to be growing and improving and evolving. So, you know, and, and I'm I'm not because, I mean, I got I got people around me who are smarter than me f- for days. So it's good. But, yo, we're going to link his YouTube channel in today's show notes. We're going to um, uh, also link his TikTok. Go check out his content. Uh, the short form content is amazing. Uh, we're about to start doing some short con- some short content between him and my brother-in-law. Man, they've taught me so much about the short content. Let me tell you guys. Um, if you want to learn how to build a brand and start making an extra $10,000 a month for a good month and like two to $3,000 a month for your bad month, <laughs> you know, I'm going to drop uh, in today's show notes uh, the entrepreneur, the link to join my entrepreneurship blueprint uh, to where we're teaching you how to do that. He did it within four months. Y'all listen, we can do the same thing within about 90 to about 90 days, right? We can show you how to start making an extra two, $3,000 a month uh, simply by joining the Blueprints um, Entrepreneur uh, Kit. And I promise you, you will, you will love it. So we'll link that in today's show notes. So love you all. God bless you. We'll see you in the next show. Peace out.